Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Have you been a victim of a scalper and now you wander lost in the wild in fear that the toys you're hunting for will forever be out of your reach? Well, my fellow toy junkies, fear not. I have the answer. Well, actually, I don't, but these toy store owners do. Find them with me, Bevan, at a toy store near you, the podcast. What up, everyone? This is Bevan, and welcome to a toy store near you, the podcast, a companion podcast to the Prime video series, A Toy Store Near You. Today, we're going to Hulk smash it with smash toys. I know, I couldn't help myself. Although, I think their title is more based off of MASH than Hulk smash, but there are some smashing jokes in there, so we can mash and smash and all of that jazz. And I'm really excited. So let's go, shall we? And here he comes, the man of the hour, Jonathan Smash. Hi, Bevan. How are you? I am. Well, it's a Monday. Happy Monday. Uh, also, I can tell we're going to be really good friends because you're wearing a Batman shirt. That was for you because you're Bevan Batspice. So I am. Do you want to know the story behind why I chose that title? I would love to hear that story, please. Great. I will tell you. So I was covering San Diego uh, Comic-Con back in, it was probably 2018 or 19. And that was when the Batman Museum was debuted there temporarily. And I got to go cover it on behalf of Dinner Geek. And so they put me in like a bat suit to have this virtual reality game where you went into like a wind machine and you got to, I had like a bat helmet on. It was really great. And I, one of the guys were just like, you know, if you were a Spice Girl, you'd be Bat Spice. And I'm like, I love the Spice Girls and I'm stealing that. I am Bevan Bat Spice now. <laughs> there you go. You, have you ever done a video with Bat Spice or no? No, it's actually, it's on my Instagram account. When I covered it at the end, I said, I am now Bevan Bat Spice. Um, it was great. It was, it was basically, uh, it was a very short VR. Like they literally put you in the wind machine where like, got like, Four people had to like hold you down so you wouldn't fly out and then get sued um, if I didn't die. Then, <laughs> then afterwards, uh, then they let you go into the museum and they basically had like all the Batmobiles, the Bat costumes from the films, from the films. Um, and then they had some like, it was like an interactive pop-up more than anything else. I mean, they did have museum-like things like, this is a nice comic book from this era. This is the killing joke. And these are, you know, just in case you love Batman and Robin, here's, you know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger and Uma Thurman Poison Ivy and Freeze costumes. Pretty elaborate, pretty thorough, sounds like. Yeah, no, it was very thorough and it was decorated really, really well. And I had a good time. And I think that was the last time I was at San Diego. So it had to be 2019 and that day and age. But how are you? I'm good. It's Monday. So the shop is closed and I'm running around shipping toys and uh, running errands, but I'm very excited to talk with you and a little nervous so don't worry i'm friendly and i oh you can't tell but i am also wearing a star wars t-shirt nice 
Yep. That is a her universe, just in case I want to plug her universe, her universe created by Ashley Eckstein, the voice of Ahsoka Tano from the Clone War era. She's very popular. She's very nice. She's all about mental health. Yeah. And we all need a bunch of that right now. A true. So true. So true. So I literally got done because I, I never like to watch the episodes until I'm about to talk to you guys because then the memory is fresh of what I uh, viewed and stuff like that. So I, uh, I got done watching it and I was like, oh, I really would have loved to learn more about how the Cubs win inspired you to create a toy store because <laughs> it's ba- baseball. There's some creative license there that Brian uh, took in the name of storytelling. Uh, definitely, it was a big influence. I'm not a Cubs fan or a baseball fan, really. But that year, so much crazy things happened. So much crazy in sports and politics and things that you thought, like, you would never, ever expect to happen, including yeah. the winning the World Series. So, yeah. Yeah. So I thought, well, you know, the whole world's turned upside down in many aspects that year. So why not? Why not? You know, stranger things have happened. And uh, absolutely. So I was at kind of a standstill in life. And I thought, well, you know, we need purpose. We need, uh, we need something. And until I figure out what that is, I'm going to try this. And if it doesn't work out, I could say I tried, you know? So and clearly you, you're doing very, very well. I also love the fact that if you were like, you know, I'm at a low point in my life and that's really when nostalgia becomes so important to maintain. It's like, it becomes like a source of escapism. And then if you could make a living where you are constantly providing that to people by bringing them that their nostalgia, bringing them their joy, letting them escape with their toys. I think what, what better job is there? Yeah. I mean, the best job I ever had, I've had many jobs in my day, but the best job I ever had was uh, flower delivery back in, uh, I want to say 92, because everybody's happy to see you when you show up with flowers, right? Yeah, absolutely. Plus, I was working a funeral. Everybody's happy to see you. Weddings, birthdays, just because. And uh, yeah, I'm a people person. I like making people happy. And, uh, you know, I didn't know, I don't have a lot of education, but I knew a lot about pop culture and meaningless, awesome things. So I thought people love toys. Let me bring this to people. And uh, yeah, and here we are. Oh, it's going to be five years in March. So wow. I had not planned. Thank you very much. Yeah, I had not planned past the first year. Uh, so in year two, I was like, oh, I got to, <laughs> I should probably get a business plan and uh, some Smash Cateers, some Smash Volunteers. I call them the Smash Cateers. I love that for Mouse Cateers, but Smash Cateers. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so uh, just scrambling to uh, keep going, and yeah. Also, congratulations. I also see a Kevin Conroy Batman behind you. Love you yes. so much for that. I brought him as well. And people say, what do you still collect, Jonathan? The one, well, two things I still collect are RoboCop and Kevin Conroy Batman. So I saw- Man after my own heart, man. I love Kevin Conroy Batman. I have been blessed enough to interview him, I think three times now. And I was there when they did, uh, obviously I'm assuming you watched the documentary, Batman and Bill. So they, yeah. they did an unveiling in Harlem uh, for Bill Finger Way for, uh, for him. And Kevin was there and I got to be there as well. And we took another photo together and it was, it was so special. And he's such a kind man. 
yeah, he seemed nothing. I've heard nothing but good things of him and from him. So, yeah. I've only heard one slightly negative thing, and it's a funny one. It is from his handlers when, before he comes in, the handlers go to every single press person and they say, please, dear God, just ask him simple questions or we're going to be here forever. <laughs> Because he likes to expand and elaborate, and what and poor handlers like they have to try and keep him on a schedule, and he just he just loves to overshare. So it's it's a it's a humorous one, in the sense that he's like, please don't ask him complicated questions. He'll go into a soliloquy, and we don't have time. But yeah, you can never hear enough from Kevin. So good, yeah. good. What's your current Kevin Conroy acquirement? Oh man. Well, DC Direct just winded down with those, uh, the last of the six inch figures. Okay. So I'm a big fan of those. Sad to see DC Direct uh, fall by the wayside during the pandemic, but uh, yeah, those are pretty great. And uh, I'm pretty, I'm somewhat choosy. I've sold my collection over and over again throughout the years, past 40 years. I kind of get, I don't wanna say bored, but you know, there's that, uh, is it Marie Kahn? That author talks about the joy of and letting things go, right? So if you pick up a toy and it doesn't bring you joy, it's probably yeah. not worth being under shelf. You know, it's probably time to replace it with something that you are really excited about. So that's cool. Um, what are we looking at right now? Am I looking at your store? Am I looking at your personal collection in your basement? Oh no, this is the store. This is the Star Wars Black Series corner. Nice. So it's the furthest from uh, our Tui, busy Tui Avenue. So hopefully if any semi-trucks go by or anything, this should be the quietest corner. So, Listen, I live 25 floors up and I still hear sirens here in New York. So I feel you, I understand you. And the guys over at Nacelle are like, look guys, it is what it is. I can't, <laughs> I can't soundproof New York. Welcome to New York. <laughs> City living, as we call it here in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You live in, I remember the top hat version of Chicago. Yes, we are about as far north in Chicago as you can get. So was not too familiar with this neighborhood until I had some uh, friends move up here. Uh-huh. And uh, they clued me into the fact that there was a lack of cool toy stores up here. So, um, yeah. So and they the started. rest is history? Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Now, I was really curious too, watching your episode, you talked about you had a career in marketing at one point. Did that help you in terms of how to market your toy store and get it out there? What did you do in marketing? You know, you would think so, but uh, I used to be an art director. I was in uh, print production for many years. Okay. Art school, art school dropout. Okay. Do uh, print production where I uh, assisted those making graphics and TV commercials and billboards. And then uh, I have lucky enough to have a few mentors in those advertising agencies, look at my portfolio and my work and my wannabe advertising and bring me on as an assistant art director. So uh, I made some TV commercials and billboards and during the uh, economic crash of uh, 2002, I ended up having to finish my boss's work. So I got to do some, some radio production and a little bit of everything. So that kind of creative problem solving is always there, even though I haven't used that in 20 years uh, <laughs> in terms of, you know, uh, art direction, but that kind of creative problem solving is always comes in handy day to day for sure. So, yeah. And 20 years ago, we didn't have social media. So it's like the marketing of that giant is another story. Yeah. Pre, pre YouTube. If you can imagine that's how 
that's how long ago that was for my advertising career. Well, I was around pre-YouTube. I I recall those days, but I was also an adolescent at the time. So I didn't care. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's fascinating. I love that you've kind of you've kind of circled around and it, you're really kind of the true American story, right? About like we can start and start over. We can start and stop start over over and over again and we can always reinvent ourselves, which is very American if you think about it. I appreciate that. Yeah, I've never really thought of it like that, but uh that was so much my career goals as much as uh out of necessity, you know, just to adapt and you know, when uh when life throws you curves, you just got to adapt and keep going so exactly yeah. exactly what what was the most crucial piece of vi- business advice you got when deciding to open up this toy store oh man uh i'm good friends with uh, a local shop uh years ago chicago comics and uh on the north side and uh, my friend eric there told me you're going to be exhausted <laughs> and he's like you think it's going to be a lot of work but you don't understand how much work it's actually going to be so he's like just dump your expectations of you know what you think it's going to be and count on it being much more difficult and much more intensive than you actually think and uh i think about that often because it's i heard a a good saying recently that i wanted to quit and i didn't want to have a nine to five job so i opened i started my own business and i work 24 hours a day (laughs) You know, and it's and it's true. You can't you can't turn it off because all of your problems, all of your failures, all of your success, for better or worse, uh, you're responsible for. Yeah. So that that's the double-edged sword part of it, right? Like my problems are my own. So in a way, that's good. You're not cleaning up other people's messes. You know, you're not your boss isn't handing you or your producer or whoever you work for isn't handing you a a big stack of difficulty and saying just make this go away. You know. But now you're the person responsible for tackling everything and anything that comes in. So, Such is life. I mean, to, for me, the thing that would give me the most anxiety of owning a store is the economics of it. Like I don't, I'm terrible at math. I'm terrible at numbers and I hate doing my taxes. I literally pay somebody to do my taxes so I don't have to worry about it. So the economics of it must be, that would give me anxiety. How did you approach that? You know what? I avoided it completely. Oh, good. <laughs> I- I just, I just told myself I'd worry about it at tax time, and uh, I kept the books and the Keep Honest books. And you know, in doing this, my goal was to have a job where I didn't have to lie, cheat, or steal. Good. That was my. That's kind of my philosophy. That's my. It's my take on life. Like I don't think, I don't want to do anything where I have to lie, cheat, or steal to make a living, mm-hmm. whether it's toy retail or advertising, which has its own moral quandaries or you know, whatever industry you're in, there are those people that are going to lie, cheat, steal to get ahead. And sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. But for me, it was important to like, okay, we're going to keep honest books. We're going to pay people a fair price for their toys. You know, I had some sense of what the business plan should be. And then as the years went by, I had to adapt. And uh, after four years, I finally found a good bookkeeper to help me. So oh, good. Yeah. So my books were a mess before. They're still a mess, but they're they're an honest mess and they're a legal mess. And yeah, it's definitely uh, part of the the stress of it is just maintaining the books. And, you know, sometimes I'm still a collector. So sometimes my eyes, if I, if I overbuy for the store or if I, you know, I spend too much on a, on a toy deal, then, you know, I'm going to be reminded about that for quite a few weeks or months 
until the books, you know, balance out. Balance so out, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you have somebody to handle that for you. That, that makes sense. It would still give me anxiety knowing that I have to worry about it, but see, this is why you have the store and I don't. And I'm just asking about all these wonderful things. I hope I'm not giving you anxiety. I'm not just thinking like, oh, it's, it's tax time here. As we I know, this, right? Uh, January. So I'm, I'm, we're just starting taxes for uh, 2021. So uh, yes, yes, that is a constant, uh, ever-present uh, truth about owning your own business. So, but as I said in the show, you know, if I if I'd thought about it, if I fully understood all the red tape and all the math involved, I would not have done it. So I just because for the same reason as you describe, it's it's uh, it's overwhelming. There's a lot, you know. There's a lot. There's business insurance and and permits and licenses and taxes and fees and yeah. Godspeed um, to you, and um, I I wish you the best, and I know you're going to do well. But speaking of economics, how was 2021 for you? You know, it was good. It ended up uh, Christmas was a, a real blessing. I'm thankful for a good Christmas season here in Chicago. We have our we have our regulars, we have our semi regulars and irregulars, as I call them. And uh, even with the show, I had a lot of people coming out since the show aired. We're very close to uh, O'Hare International Airport. Oh, good. Okay. A lot of people just popping in, like, I'm from, you know, the West Coast, but I saw the show, had to pop in, check it out. You know, some of those are just are, are looking uh, customers, and some of those are buying customers. But, yeah, 2021 was good, and uh, cautiously optimistic going into 2022. Yeah, so. just maybe. How, how is Chicago right now? Are you guys getting bombarded with Omicron? Yes. Uh, cases are up, you know. We, they just initiated uh, passport vaccine passports here in Chicago. So if you want to sit down at a restaurant or go to a live music event or uh, go to a movie theater, you've got to show your vaccination card and ID. So oh, yeah, think, we already did that in New York. <laughs> yeah, you guys are way. Basically, Chicago follows New York and L.A. Let's be, let's be honest, you know. Yeah. So we take our cues from you guys. So for better or worse, uh, that's where we're at. So. Okay. Is it affecting yeah. business at all or is it, is it still pretty steady? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, during the, during 2020, a lot of my customers were unemployed. So it wasn't so much that this is sort of that the pandemic affected them health wise, as much as economically. And uh-huh. uh, I'm a terrible businessman in the sense of, I always try to put my relationships ahead of the sales in the store. Uh-huh. So if, you know, I have a regular in there, I know they're struggling. I'm like, why don't you wait on this Star Wars, whatever, you know, this will be easily found, you know, six months from now, you know, maybe you should pay your, pay your credit card down, or maybe you should, you know, pay your child support or, <laughs> you know, pay. Whatever, whatever the more, maybe uh, pay your mortgage and your car payment, uh, right? buy yourself some groceries, get some groceries in the fridge and then come back and we'll talk about the Ahsoka Tano uh, deluxe figure that you want to order you know so there's definitely you talked about nostalgia there's definitely an unhealthy aspect to it as well sometimes so i think as a collector and as a as a businessman i, I try to be aware of that and also you know steer people towards what's going to make them happy but also not like cause the them bank. more. yeah right as boba fett says you know you're, you're no he's no good to me dead right yeah so a collector that goes bankrupt isn't, not only is that a huge problem for them, obviously, but then I've lost a customer forever because, you know. They can't come back and buy other things. Um, 
So let's backtrack a little bit because I want to hear a little bit of the behind the scenes of the making of your episode of a, a toy store near you. How did you come to be involved? How did you hear about it? That's funny. Uh, in Chicago, we were locked. The state was locking down. And the this last Saturday, I, could, I was allowed to be open for business. Uh, before the lockdown, I got a call from uh, producer Rich, who uh, reached out and told me about the show and had heard about us and uh, checked out our social media and thought we'd be a good fit. And I told them it was about 20 minutes before I had to open. So I was like, I would love to talk about this, but I've got to go make a bunch of money before we're shut down. So yeah. Yeah. And from there, you know, I follow up conversations with uh, Rich and Brian and uh, the timeline had, had shifted. And as you know, and other people have talked about on the podcast uh, from season one, you know, the kind of the goal or the theme of the show is kind of shifted as the pandemic winds down or shifts, you know, its focus. So I had just started uh, taking the store apart, actually, thinking I'd make the most of lockdown and rearrange the whole store layout. And then uh, the producers asked us to film ASAP. So, <laughs> just go. Don't worry about it. Just go for it. Go, go, go. So uh, I scrambled and started bringing things back into the store that I took out of the store and uh, putting things back on the wall that we'd just, you know, taken down. And uh, so when you watch the show, it the store feels a little empty to me watching it. It feels kind of shockingly empty, but that's because we were, we were scrambling and you know, I didn't really realize the time frame of when they needed the footage or how that was going to work. So all the stores you see shot it themselves, obviously. And uh, I reached out to my good friends, Matt and Shannon, AKA the duo finds. On toys. 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 Yeah. yeah so, those guys. Those guys. They have a awesome YouTube channel uh, where they go around and do uh, thrifting and antiquing and Route 66 mystery spots and true crime locations and just weird interesting locations and i knew they had the production chops to to help me out so i called in uh, the duo finds to help me film it and uh record it and then uh obviously we're season three so eventually they came back with some notes and uh you know the, the, the show took on a little bit more less less corona more toys as time yeah. went on so we uh, we had shot original originally a lot of Corona type content, which uh, got uh, cut thankfully, and more toys got added. Toys, and uh, <laughs> so we uh, did some pickups and uh, added a few more Smashketeers to the mix, and uh, yeah, that's what you see on your screens now. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, price line. I enjoy the Smashketeers. Yeah, they were getting a lot of feedback in season one. That was like, man, this is really depressing. Can we have something a little bit more uplifting? And like, obviously COVID was a huge, huge deal. And it's still, unfortunately is a deal is, is a, is a big deal, especially right now. But I I think it's again, going back to the escapism and the purpose of toys and the nostalgia, especially for, for toys collectors who are mostly adults, right? Uh, Not normally kids, or you mentioned it would be adults that are latching onto their childhood and showing their kids and their kids are getting excited yada, yada, yada. Uh, so it's like, I feel like for them, the importance of, I would love to have this toy to take me back to times where we weren't dealing with this crap. Yes, exactly. We all have, I mean, nostalgia changes for every generation, right? Like you're a nineties kid, mm-hmm. you know, so your, your nineties kid nostalgia is different than my seventies kid nostalgia and eighties. And yep. so, but it's, it's the same principle where, you know, it's the good old days. Yeah. Whatever, whatever that means to that person, you know. It, yeah, and I feel like every kid feels like their decade of being a kid was the most epic. It's true. It's true. It's true. Everybody says that, and everybody's right. It's subjective, and everybody's yeah. yeah. There's no wrong. There's no wrong answer there. So, and I think like back in the day. Oh gosh. Back in the day, in my day, we had to walk to school in the snow uphill and barefoot. Um, no, so, but, but I recall like back in the day, toys being a huge deal because we didn't have the internet and we didn't have, video games were not as accessible to lower income people as like, you know, video games are a lot more easy. I, I feel like today it's easy to get a video game of some sort and you have your smartphone where there's games on your phone now. But like back then, the the toys are what we had to like entertain my, ourselves with, unless we want to go bike riding and then you know fight a demigorgon. Exactly. <laughs> but um, no, but I remember like my childhood. I remember the things being a big deal that I think toy collectors. Some of them make fun of like the Beanie Baby thing, but like people were all into Beanie Babies in the nineties. Sure. I had the Princess Diana bear. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Yes, they definitely had their had their moment, you know. So with you, don't, the new, you don't have any, do you, in your store? As a policy, we do not buy or sell babies. So <laughs> no, no disrespect intended to those that like Beanie Babies, but <laughs> they rule. Uh, we suggest people donate them or pass them on to a kid who will think they are the bee's knees. But uh, I don't believe that they are an investment that... Uh, we should we'll come t- back around <laughs> yeah i mean maybe i could be wrong there's a new documentary coming out so but yeah i definitely get at least three or four beanie baby calls a week really uh, yeah people looking to sell and I, i'm kind of convinced in chicago it's the same 10 people that are passed a lot on to somebody else and then that person calls me so but uh yeah, Sorry, you folks. tell you tell them uh you tell them listen um is it not, is it plastic no is it fuzz? Yeah, I'm not interested in the fuzz. Yeah, if it has if it has tags, it's not valuable. So uh, <laughs> that's so funny. So cool for kids. So give them the kids. Give them to children and let the children love them. That's, oh gosh, that's our stance. Do I dare ask you what your thought on Funko Pops are? You may. I've heard this question come up in previous episodes. I know it's a recurring theme I have because I'm curious because a lot of different toy store owners have different opinions about Funko Pops. 
Yes, I personally own perhaps five Funko Pops. For the shop, it's kind of hit or miss. So I tend to buy the ones that kind of poke me in the in the funny bone. To their credit, it's never going to die because they've licensed every single movie, thing. TV show, musician, you anime. Know. Yes, anime. I mean, everything gets a pop. So if you're a if you're a Spinal Tap collector, how many Spinal Tap items are there? Not many, but they make Funko Pops. So the Spinal yeah. Tap collector is going to go seek out those Spinal Tap pops, you know. So it'll never, in my opinion, it's not going to die anytime soon. Uh, is it a good investment? I would say not necessarily. Would I buy it for investment? But if you're going to buy it for something you enjoy. I think they're going to be around a very long time because as new shows and movies and TV has come out, they've definitely kept up with uh, getting a pop for it. Yep. So like, oh, there's a pop for that. There's a pop for that. New show on CW. There's a pop for that. There's a pop for that. New Prime. Queen's Gambit has pops, Pops. right? Uh, Sailor Moon has pops. Dragon Ball Z has pops. Everything. I'm sure. Doesn't BTS it. have a pop now? I feel like BTS has a pop now. They all have a pop. So many Batman pops too. So yeah. many Batman pops. Yes. So there's no, that's why as a Batman collector, you, you've got to kind of specialize, I think, I feel, because there's there's just too much. Much like Star Wars, much like... A lot, lot. Yeah. Well, that is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, since you've listened to the episode before, do you recall another question that I asked people? Uh, do I have a what do you, what do you call it? Not a holy grail. Oh, a uh, conquest toy. Conquest toy. Yeah, I call those in the shop. I call those white whales, a la Moby Dick, the ones that you're you're obsessed with. You're constantly chasing every flea market, every comic shop, every Comic Con, late night eBay sessions of furious typing. Uh huh. And even knowing that you would ask that, I still don't have a proper answer for you. I think. Uh, I think it can fluctuate for some people. Some people are like, there's this one thing that I want and it's the thing that will rule them all. I will go to Mordor and back for. I think before I did this, I've kind of come to a point, I don't know if it's really a destination, but I've got the mindset now of just not, um, how do I phrase this? I don't want to offend any of our, my customers or our listeners, but I don't feel the need to possess it. I don't have the, I've broken free of the one ring, I feel. <laughs> Good for you. Like I've taken on a Samwise Gamgee philosophy to it as opposed to a Frodo philosophy. Nice. So I will carry that ring. I will sell that ring at a fair price. Uh, I will help you find your ring. I will walk across all of the kingdoms of Middle Earth to help you find the ring. But I myself am not so as tempted by the ring as I once was. Now... That's not to say that, to your point, that doesn't still happen, but usually it's a surprise. Usually, of all the thousands of toys I see every year, the things that get my nostalgia or or I become obsessed with are super obscure, or I didn't know they existed, or I forgot they existed. The last thing I could think of like this, there was a Muppet PVC set of like these two-inch figures from 1976, maybe, and it's a PVC Prairie Dawn. Uh, dressed as Red Riding Hood and uh, Big Bad Wolf Muppet dressed as Grandma. (laughs) I never knew they existed. And for some reason, it's like a really odd, obscure thing, but it just 
I'm like these are the greatest thing I've ever seen. So, you know, those will stay on the, on the Jonathan shelf for a while, but, uh, but yeah, that conquest toy that changes. And as a toy store owner, the best feeling is to help people find their conquest toy. Ew. I love this answer. Now, where is the Jonathan shelf? Is it at home or is it at the store? Uh, the back office has a very small Jonathan shelf of, uh, of pieces that are in the store, but not on the floor yet. The home shelf has pretty much been sold many times over. Speaking to the economics of being a small business owner, it's like those yeah. pyramid schemes where, you know, you could be your own boss, have a great toy collection, and you can own a toy store. It's like pick two, you know. So for me, at this point anyway, I can't really uh, afford or choose not to keep a large collection just because I'd rather enjoy it while it's here and then pass it on. So I'll always have a Batman animated shelf at home and I'll always nice. have a have a NECA RoboCop shelf. You uh-huh. know? So yeah, those will those will always be, you know, I want to be buried with those in my tomb pyramid style. <laughs> those are the things like I, you know, I don't ever want to sell them. I would if I had to, but those are the things that I would hang on to. So gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, another question I always ask people, I don't think you've you caught it yet, is were you in a rock band? <laughs> uh yeah there's a lot of musicians amongst toy store people i a friend tried to teach me bass for like five minutes but it didn't stick so so no i've never been in a rock i played rock band poorly <laughs> but uh no i kind of i break that mold in terms of the musician aspect of it but definitely lots of musicians in the toy circles for sure and, it's very uh, it's very interesting it was the one thing i was kind of culture shocked by i was like wait really they're like, oh yeah, a lot of them. I was like, really? Why? How? I mean, I'm fascinated. Go for it. Live your best life. But why? Yeah. I mean, I think what I haven't heard discussed from my take on it, I think part of it is the, you know, the free spirit, the imagination, the play aspect collectors and toy people maintain, you know, uh, there's a, that healthy inner child, you know, yeah. people keep alive keep that sense of play alive i feel like that's pretty crucial to life no matter what you do Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of musicians obviously have that especially uh ones that are rocking out as they get older right and uh i think the toy people are the same way where they still whether it's the art or the design of the toy or just the imagination aspect of it i feel like creative people kind of share that that same kind of mindset there so yeah, it's fascinating. I, I I dig it. I have yet to talk to one toy store owner that's still in a band. Like he's a toy store owner and a band member. And I'm like, when is this happening? Don't tell me when it happens. I'll I'll figure it out when it happens. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, to be a, a practicing musician, I'm sure it takes a lot of dedication, right? And to, to maintain a, a brick and mortar store of any type in 2022. Yeah. A lot of dedication in the age of the internet. So Usually I feel like I'm sure there are people out there that could do that. Uh, but I feel like for most people, you're going to find that it's going to be one, a choice between one or the other, you know, uh, just for the mental capacity of it too. Yeah. I mean, you only have so much energy, right. And there's so, only so many hours in the day. Yeah. It's funny. I met, uh, I was fortunate enough to meet Justin and Penelope from Farpoint toys. Yeah. Uh, before the show aired. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. So that was pretty wild because I had not seen their episode yet. So I knew nothing about them. So uh, that was fun. We got to hang out for a day or so when they were in Chicago, passing through. 
And then uh, Terry and Liz from 1313 Mockingbird. Yep. Uh, I talk to Terry on a regular basis and and uh, nerd out and monster, talk about monster toys. Oh, yeah. He was very much like, I'm not going to buy a Funko Pop unless it's monster themed. Yes. Like, okay. Gotcha. Notice. He's like, sorry, no Disney Princess Power Rangers for me. <laughs> oh, you got it. You know, they, they want to curate. And that's sure. That's good. I think so, it's fascinating. Yeah. And then season four, I met uh, Matt and LJ. Uh, I've talked to online pre uh, Toy Store near you as well. Nice. During, yeah. During the lockdown, they were just opening up uh, just pre lockdown. And uh, they posted something on social media that I reached out to you to just kind of like show some love and support and empathy for some kind of uh, business aspect of the toy store. And uh, we became fast friends. So they're great too. So it's cool to kind of, kind of have the community. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and it su- surprises me how similar our experience is in a lot of ways, despite all, all of us have very different backgrounds and uh, are very different people, but the things that uh, toy nerds have in common, you know, much less toy nerds running a toy shop. Exactly. And recently you also got to have um, a certain Brian Volkweiss and Richard <laughs> Merrick come see you too recently. Yeah, they were in town for Comic-Con, our last Comic-Con here before we went back into uh, uh, breakout mode Freakout mode in Chicago. Yep. And so I was able to meet them, spend the morning with them and had some good conversation and good toy time. And yeah. What did Brian buy? What did he buy? What did they buy? I'm sorry. I can't divulge my customer's uh, toy confidentiality. So as a general policy, I I can't discuss what they purchased. But didn't he post it on Instagram? I feel like he might have posted it on Instagram. Yeah, Rich definitely posted his stuff on Instagram uh, under Dean Cameron. And then, yep, yep. I don't know. Brian, I don't think Brian's posted his stuff yet, but I'm sure perhaps that's forthcoming. I don't know. But let's see. Let's see. Let's see what Brian did. Let's see what Brian did. Where is this? He was at Toy Fusion recently. This yeah. is not. Nope. That's California. Uh, let's see. Here we are. Smashed. Yeah. He'd wait. He's just he holding by this. He did not buy that. He just, <laughs> yeah, he wanted, you know, a lot of toys you can appreciate, but you don't want to put on your shelf. Like it's like fine art. A lot of paintings. You can say, I like that but I wouldn't hang it on my wall. So he, uh, he went around the, sh- you know, which is what pe- we do, right? As collectors, we, uh-huh. we see a lot of cool things, but we don't necessarily want to add them to our collection. So, but yeah, I, that, I hear you. Uh, yeah. The ring Raiders playset and the uh, infrared uh, GI Joe set he was looking at is still available as, as uh, we as broadcast. We speak <laughs> as we speak, get it oh. while it's hot. You know, actually, yeah. you're you're going to be my first person to ask because I'm I'm very curious on how this is going to affect the toy industry, if at all, which is NFTs. I don't think it will. You don't think uh, it will? I don't think it will. I think it's it's fascinating and it's going to be an interesting thing to watch in the coming coming uh, years. I don't know that, in my opinion, I don't know that much about them to begin with, so I may not be the best person to ask. But just curious, uh, have you yeah, like heard anything? No, I mean, I could, I could see that being a thing. And there's already so many custom designer toys out there that uh, are fantastic, that are sought after. I don't know if those two trends will ever, will ever cross, but perhaps they will. 
I mean, so, the metaverse our, is coming. Come on, the Oasis is coming. Right. What does that mean for the toys? Our friend uh, Dan Polidorus of Death by Toys, I think he should have his own NFT. I think that would be fantastic. But but yeah, but as of yet, there are, are none that I know of. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Stay tuned, guys. Stay tuned, as Brian Volkweiss always loves to say. Stay tuned. But speaking of the digital world, how did your how has your digital storefront changed since then? Oh, man. Well, since uh, the pandemic, uh, yeah, digitally, during the lockdown, I went back to eBay. I put a lot of a lot of top tier, top shelf kind of toys up there to, to pay the rent. And that worked. That carried us through the, the lockdown and beyond. So thankful for that. I think uh, looking forward to 2022, we still don't have a formal site. Uh, most of our online presence is social media and we do a lot of sales through Instagram and word of mouth. So, you know, people see things on our Instagram feed and reach out to us that way. Or I'm always listening what Bevan would call the con- conquest toys, you know, send me your, your Holy grail wish list, and I'll find it for you. Or I'll, if I come across it, I can reach out to you, whether it's a year or a week from now or a year from now. So yeah, I think digitally it's important to, to be out there and be seen but definitely the the best part about this is just the face-to-face interactions talking to people in person about you know what they're what they're seeking or what they're seeking either to possess or to get rid of so but i think that's a good point that you bring up i think by 2023 we're going to have a resurgence of desires to be in person with each other because we've, we've been forced to go digital for what, at that point, it would be four, three years, four years now. Yeah. I mean, so many people never went back to work, right? I yeah. Mean, people, I mean, you're in New York, I'm in Chicago, but people listening to this, a lot of people still are working from home. And I encourage those people to come out in person on their lunch hour or whatever, just to get out of the house. You know, uh, as we broadcast this, the wind chill is negative five in Chicago. Uh, <laughs> yes but, yes guys go out there it'll be great <laughs> i'm looking at toys everybody keep calm buy toys it's gonna be okay but you know people need to get out of the house you can only you can only wear the same pajamas uh so long you know before you need to do laundry and then while you throw your stuff in the dryer you should come look at some toys get a cup of coffee and then go back home and work so I concur. I would go outside myself, but uh, also the weather in New York. Well, tomorrow I'm definitely not going outside. It'll be 18 degrees. <laughs> it's like, I'll go back out when it's 30. But um, really quickly though, I was in Chicago once. And the sad thing about being in Chicago once when I was there, it was for C2E2. And it happened to be, I think this was also 2019. It happened to be the coldest weekend alive to where basically I was staying at the hotel adjacent to the the entertainment center where where the convention was being held. And they had like a spaceship-like tunnel to travel from the hotel to the convention to where you never needed to go outside. So I just didn't for four days straight. Yeah. They've got the convention uh, life down pat in Chicago for sure. So you never need to breathe fresh air. You could go from your hotel to the convention center and back and and there's bars and restaurants and yeah there's a place you can hang out there's a starbucks in there for your caffeinated needs yeah and 
and you are good to go. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Is it cold outside? Don't worry about it. You're not leaving. Nope. Yeah. And all of our office buildings have the same kind of substructure where they're their basements or first floors all have all the necessities built in. So people for three months from January to March, they never need to go outside in Chicago. So that's crazy. That is it totally is nuts. The some sci-fi futuristic, you know, space station type, uh, type living for sure. Not for me personally. I need occasional paralyzing cold air, but yeah. But for those that, you know, no judgment. If you can't, if you don't want to go outside, don't go outside. It's fine. You don't have to go outside just to your car and back again. That's right. There and back again from your car to your building, to your car, to your home. That's the much more boring version of ordering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's when you wish the, e- that's, that's the Eagle version. If the Eagles had shown up, that would, the Eagles would have been your car. <laughs> exactly. Take you the whole, the whole path. The yep. whole path, drop it in, and then be like, all right, we're going to head back. Well, man, that was fast. <laughs> I know. Story done. Jonathan, what's new in 2022? What's new? Yeah. Just hopefully a lot more keeping calm and buying toys. We've gone, uh, we're about 30% new toys, maybe, these days, so no shortage of new everything coming out and no shortage of vintage toys in circulation that flow through. So we're going to keep on keeping on. Smashketeers are, are also going strong. Good. Uh, you can find them on their various social media uh, channels, but uh, yeah, Matt and Shannon moved down to Austin, Texas to continue their duo finds in Austin. So they've escaped the cold forever. Pee-wee Zach has uh, recently gotten engaged. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, I'm very happy for him. And he's doing voice work and always looking for new voice work and acting. And uh, Elias Jimmy is back at school studying animation and comics. Dan Teneglia is back at school studying film. Joe and Gina are still smashing. They went to C2E2 and did a massive X-Men cosplay thing. And they're going around dressed as uh, spider characters for the new Spider-Man 3 movie. So that's how they're... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they're touring the theater, promoting in full costume. And then uh, Dan Polidorus is still creating amazing designer toys. Good. So, yeah, so everybody's still going strong in 2022. We're still here. The heat's on. Heat's paid for now. And uh, (laughs) so the, the heat's paid. And uh, we're restocking toys every day. So hopefully more of the same. And I'm sure a few surprises, but nothing we won't be able to handle. So you could also just entice people to come in and be like, look, we have hot chocolate and coffee inside. Come on in. Yes. Well, that's if I open up a toy cafe, then we'd be an essential business. So I think, you know what? I think it'd be great if you did a toy cafe. Do you know how much business you get? You'd be like, are you, hey, you want some caffeine? And while we're at it, don't you want to get excited and look at your childhood? Right. Well, our friends, Jen and Nick of Bric-a-Brac are doing that now in 2022. So follow up with them. They're opening a a coffee house on one side and the toy store on the other side. So smart, smart. Right. Yeah. So they just reopened. So check them out. 
Yeah, if you want to be really ahead of the curve too, you could also do a cafe slash toy store slash podcast studio. <laughs> you might be onto something. We'll talk. We'll talk after the show. We'll after talk. We'll talk. I'll have your people call my people <laughs> and we'll make it happen. Okay. Okay. Uh, cool. Well, great. Jonathan, please tell us all the social channels we can find. Smash Toys. Smash Toys. Our primary channel is Instagram at Smash Toys Chicago. We're on Facebook at Smash Toys Chicago. And that's about it for now. Feel free to drop us a line with your Conquest Holy Grail toys and reach out to us that way. And we'll tell uh, you how he will find it. Just don't ask any questions. Just tell him what it is and he will find it. I'll, I'll do my best. I'll do it. That's what we live for. So excellent. Well, Jonathan, you have been lovely. Thank you so much for joining us today on this blistery winter day in Chicago and in New York. Thank you, Bevan. It's been a pleasure. You appreciate all the conversation and toy talk as always. Excellent. Of course. And guys, this has been another episode of A Toy Store Near You, a companion podcast to A Toy Store Near You on Prime Video. See you later, guys. Mint on a card and loose complete prototypes that are really unique. Great Garlou and me go to this and more at A Toy Store Near You. Subscribe to us too. And like and comment. Yeah.